0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Spirit of Haggard. So, we are so excited to be here today. We're going to pull the curtain back on racetrack practice. So, we are very lucky to be joined by Dr. Peter Hannigan. And Dr. Hannigan is a member of the Haggard team, but... Interestingly, probably our first guest that doesn't spend most of his time in Lexington, Kentucky. So we are in for a treat today for our listeners. And Dr. Hannigan, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about you and where you come from.
1: Okay. Hi, Jody. Hi, everyone. So I come from Ireland originally. Um, I grew up in a horse, horsey background, like a lot of people in Ireland do. Mother father, grandparents, you know, ponies since I could walk, that kind of thing. And uh I came here, I studied in Dublin in UCD, um, which is an accredited school with the AVMA. It allows me to get licensed here, which I did, and I came over to to uh Lexington in twenty fifteen just to do something new. My dad is actually an equine vet himself. Oh, wow. Um so I kind of, you know, I grew up in the, in the industry and, uh, kind of always wanted to do it. Um, but you know, kind of wanted to do something different, not just like stay at home and work with dad because we couldn't work. We found pretty early on that we couldn't work together, but <laughs> we both like doing this for, for a living. So, uh, yeah. So came to Haggard's in 2015, did a surgical internship and then, uh, I kind of got offered to stay on and help dr nathan cheney on the racetrack and i figured yeah i mean i got nothing else to do and i didn't want to do a, a residency or a surgical i didn't want to pursue surgery i just i i don't have the technical expertise i, I like my hands i don't think are good enough and anyway i didn't want to do it I, I just i kind of i kind of always was more focused or interested in like performance animals and like high performance kind of like, how do you aid high performance and stuff? I used to ride when I was younger and, and you know, th- so anyway, that was, kind of, that's kind of why I chose to go into like performance horse, which is basically what, what you do on the track.
0: Yes, that's fantastic. And I think it's fascinating. You know, as we have moved through so many of our interviews, you know, our audience has listened to the stories of interns and externs. We've talked about surgery and mm-hmm. medicine and field care is really uncovering the why behind what you do. Yeah. So I I do think that that's fascinating to learn then that okay, you know you are giving a try for surgery mm. and you said okay, I want to be an equine veterinary medicine but surgery isn't the space that I want to be in. Yeah. So, uh, that I think is really important for our listeners to start to hear because so many of our listeners that we hear from are students who Hmm. are at the very beginning of this journey. So learning those things along the way is, is really key and hearing that from, from others. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I was just lucky to be exposed to it, you know, and you're kind of a victim of circumstance really, but, uh, you know, and you just plot your way through your career. You know, you don't know what you're going to want to do in five years or 10 years. So don't worry. Don't spend too much time worrying about it. You know, you'll figure it out along the way. And, Students.
0: Uh, did you hear that? Don't yeah. spend too much time worrying. Well,
1: about I, it, that's right? probably exactly the wrong advice. <laughs> no. Maybe like, you know, career coaches or anything would tell you that's not the right thing to do. But anyway, right it's it's what i did well
0: but i did want to repeat that right because uh again you know students are always like oh my gosh i feel like they they feel pressure to know exactly what yeah
1: yeah you get asked that all the time like you know what path you want to go down and and uh i mean particularly in america it's one difference i've noticed is that there's a real there's more of an emphasis on specialization here and and uh, becoming board certified in something and I'm not knocking board certification. It's it's super, but, uh, you know, it's okay to say that, you know, you don't know yet, or that you might not want to spend three years, four years doing a residency and, you know, having to study. You you might be done studying right. by the time you leave school. Now you're always learning, but you know, that intensive studying or whatever. Yes. So yeah.
0: As a student versus a practicing veteran. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Learning on the job is is, is one way of doing it. Right. right.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, really key for many people. I mean, that's why we call it practicing veterinary medicine.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, just from a personal sp- perspective, even with my dad being a vet and that, that like my clinical skin skills day one, or just looking back now, I'm horrified, you know, I, you know, just how much you've got to learn and stuff yes. like that, you know, so, yeah. anyway, it's all in front of the students
0: so so let's talk a little bit about that your dad is a veterinarian in ireland yeah and so how did you get to america
1: (laughs) on on an airplane you
0: just decided one day i am gonna go down here and get on this airplane and i'm going to the states
1: not quite uh so the the place where my dad works at home is uh it's part of like a larger hospital uh ambulatory service that 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 services a sort of a high-end thoroughbred market where where we grew up in okay. County Tipperary. And it's it's based around the, the Coolmore Stud Group. Okay. Um, that's where the original Coolmore Stud Farm is. And then, you know, around it sprung up a a really kind of high-end veterinary practice. That clinic has had kind of established uh, that there was always a couple of in, ir, Irish interns that had maybe studied in Dublin or done some externships down in Feathered equine um that you know had gone to haggards to work there there's just been that irish connection between haggards and ireland for for quite a while and yeah. uh that was kind of it then i just kind of like i knew that that was an option kind of available to me and uh, you know I, I had spent some time in surgery and was like yeah well, you know why not just give it a go and um i mean you're really faced with the idea of like being an intern or going out into practice on your own, not on your own, but like, you know, as a solo practitioner, you know, yes. and I kind of wanted to do the internship thing. I just wanted okay. to, the, you know, spend a year, just figure out if I wanted to do surgery or not. And
0: Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And, you know, I would say to our listeners, anyone who is just joining us and hasn't listened to some of our previous episodes, we have talked about internships and externships okay, specifically yeah, at yeah haggard and so i love that that you know came up in in your journey as well yeah and just the importance of that internship yeah
1: it's great 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 foundations you know and just to get your basic clinical skills under you i mean i just think that's that's really helpful yeah yes
0: now you did an internship in ireland
1: nope
0: you uh, you, only here
1: Yeah. yeah 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 i came straight i came straight from from college in dublin okay and Started here. Started here. Yeah. Right. yeah. And,
0: so there is kind of a small, what I would say, maybe contingency of uh, Irish men and women at Haggard.
1: Is yeah. A, yeah, you, yeah.
0: You've, you've got a pretty good little group going on. A little on. niche
1: there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, wherever there's, you know, horses that generally Irish people sort of follow or <laughs> right. gravitate or end up there in some way, because, you know, there's there's just so many of us that grow up in in horse backgrounds and, you know, just... I guess kind of we export that a little bit. That's
0: yes. Been, yeah. Okay. Wonderful. So then I'll jump right in and ask okay. a question about what do you love about the United States? What do you love about being here?
1: I mean, the weather is great. The Where, 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 where I get to practice, the weather is great. Uh, that's one good thing. Now let's um,
0: make sure our listeners know because we have heard almost exclusively through our early episodes from all of the veterinarians in Lexington. But you are not practicing in Lexington,
1: no,
2: no. So
0: tell I'm our not. listeners a little bit about your geography. Okay,
1: so I think we said already that I work on the racetrack, yes. Right, I'm a racetrack practitioner. That's all that I do. I don't do anything else outside of that. So uh, the The circuit that I'm on um, moves between upstate New York, Saratoga Springs Mm -hmm. is where they race in the summer. You know, they've got like a little eight week boutique racing meet there and uh, it's really fun. Um, It's a good place to go racing and there's high class racing on there all the time for those eight weeks. Um, So I spend half the year up there and then uh, the other half, it gets too cold there to to race really um, in the winter. So in the fall, we move down to, you know, the, the trainers that I work for move their operation down to South Florida so they can start racing in Gulfstream and Tampa. So we kind of follow them, and you know, in, in a sense, like we're kind of following the sun and the good weather, just because it, you know, it's optimum racing conditions, and you know, the horses thrive in them, you know, versus the cold and, yes. you know and So it's it's that that part's really nice.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting because. You know, again, we're opening these doors to equine veterinary medicine. We're taking a peek behind the curtain, if you will, for our listeners so that we are um, really being able to share all of the different aspects and opportunities. And yeah. so for you, it is a very mobile, um yeah. seasonal, if you will. Yeah. And, and so you are following the circuit, like you say, yeah. moving with your customers. So, yeah, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Saratoga
0: Springs, New York and South Florida.
1: Yeah. And moving around has its benefits and it has its drawbacks. But, you know, at the moment, I, I've just kind of been a, a person that gets itchy feet if you're if you're in one place for too long. So it suits yeah. me at at the moment. I, I like doing it.
0: Good. Um,
1: and uh, yeah, we just got down to Florida a couple of weeks ago and it was getting pretty cold in New York. So I was glad to see the sun again.
0: Yes. You were ready to head down the East Coast yep. and and get to Florida. Yep. Okay. So you love the weather here. <laughs> the weather, yeah. So let me ask also, what do you miss about Ireland?
1: <sighs> family. Yeah. That'd be the first thing, right? That's, that's the main thing that okay. I miss is, is, you know, getting to be part of family life on a more granular level. You know, I mean, I try and get home as much as I can, but that's, that's only, you know, once a you know, maybe twice a year and it's for a week and you're trying to see everyone and yes. do a million things and, uh, you know I'd have to say family is the thing that I miss, yeah,
0: okay, great now, what advice do you think you would give young veterinarians from Ireland or from overseas in general uh, in regard to coming to Haggard or coming to the states? Is there a particular advice that you would give them?
1: I mean, there's nothing I could really say that's going to prepare anyone for the culture shock, depending on where you grew up uh I mean, just be open. American people are very open, I find. And, and uh, if you're open with them, it, it goes a long way. Um, you know, be aware that cultural differences are, aren't necessarily representative of someone's character or, you know, quality as a person. It, it can just be that you know, I just found it. It took me a while to, to kind of get used to this place. And and I'm still understanding how it works. Like, a, a, one thing I would tell students or anyone who's coming to work here is get to grips with the financial world of America because it's something that I was slow to get going on. And, you know, it can slow you down as far as your, you know, career progression or financial progression or whatever. I, I found that that was one of the pitfalls I made moving here was I had no idea how the credit system worked or anything like that. So okay. if, if, if you have some time,
0: some financial and business acumen. Yeah. I think we we are just starting to talk about that in the industry, right? So providing those types of resources for our students, as especially we make a transition from student to professional. Yeah. So uh, that's key. We haven't talked much about that prior, so I love that advice.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it, but be aware yeah. of it. I guess is is one right. thing. Is that there's a lot to learn on that front. Yeah. And you know, America is a, a place where you've you've got to go and make it. You know, like you can. You really need to be, there's a lot of talented people over here and you've got to be, you know, you've got to work hard and you've got to compete and yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Great. I don't know if there's,
1: uh, an, know if there's an end to that, but that's, yeah. no,
0: that's great advice. Let's pause for just a minute to hear from our friends at Bymita, our Spirit of Haggard podcast sponsor.
2: Bymita might just be the largest animal health company you have never heard of until now. Biomita Animal Health's equine products have been trusted by veterinarians and horse owners since the 1960s where our Irish roots began. Biomita is one of the largest producers of dewormers for horses like Equimax, Bimectin, Duramectin, and Exodus. World-renowned equine athletes rely on polyglycan, a patented formula designed to replace lost or damaged synovial fluid, and Confidence f one pheromone gel that reduces and prevents equine stress, to name a few of our branded products. We encourage you to consult with your equine veterinarian before using any equine products for your horse. Also, please visit BuyMeetAUS.com to learn more about our full product offerings and where you can buy them.
0: So now let's really get into the meat of why we're here. Okay, Dr. let's, let's do it. talk about Racetrack practice, okay, and I think there are, you know, there are perceptions. There, there's interest. There's folks that have an interest in racetrack practice mm-hmm. that have never, they didn't grow up at the track, right? Yeah. So when we talk about a day in the life of Dr. Peter Hannigan, mm-hmm. walk us through that. There's so much interest. There's probably some perceptions out there about what racetrack practice yeah. is. So uh, let's let's hear it from straight right. from you.
1: Well, the alarm goes off much earlier than I would like it to, but you know, generally the day starts early. The horses train in the morning, so you know, there's times where we need to get and to see our patients before they exercise make sure that they're okay to do so treat them if necessary um so you know generally uh the alarm goes off anywhere between 4 a.m and 5 a.m um jump make a cup of coffee jump in the car and uh, away you go but you know th- the basic idea of, of how to think about being a, a racetrack practitioner is that you you basically work i work for trainers a trainer will come to me and ask me, if I'm willing to, you know, be their doctor and and think, you know, a a helpful way to think about it, I think is like a sports team's doctor. You're that, you're that team doctor, right? So you're, you're charged with, you know, making sure that their, you know, vaccines are up to date and that, you know, they're not going to run into an administrative error or, you know, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of preventative medicine, you know, if you're allowed to do so, Um, but yeah, preventative medicine. And then, you know, you're kind of diagnosing and treating injuries, talking to the trainers, you, you basically work with the trainers, you know, and there's a lot to be said for working with the trainers and, and not dictating to the trainers. That's another story, but you know, you you work with the trainers, like to say the coach of a team. And basically what you're trying to do is give the trainer the healthiest group of horses that you can. And with the hope that you know, his business will succeed. His business in training resources will succeed. So you're all rowing in the same direction, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So you truly are. I love that analogy of a sports team, right? That you are truly, you know, the team doctor.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's the way I like to think about it. I love that.
0: So, uh, and I think that's helpful, Mm. you know, for our listeners as, as we look at all these aspects of equine veterinary medicine and just how many different opportunities you have yeah to pursue you know Mm -hmm. do you want to specialize to your point earlier right do you Mm -hmm. want to be a surgeon do you want to be an internist you know what direction do you want to go and then as we start to really look at field care what we call field care Mm -hmm. and maybe a general practitioner even within that now we're talking specifically about yes you are are a field care veterinarian but you specialize in racetrack medicine
1: yeah Pretty much. I mean, like I haven't I haven't done anything to call myself a specialist per se, but I do. That's what I do. And, you know, the more you do it, like anything, the better, you know, you hope to get at it. and stuff. Yes. And, um, yeah, I really like it.
0: And so, I, again, I think it's unique that you spend your time between New York and Florida. But you mentioned that you also kind of work as part of a team, right? You may not be in Lexington, Kentucky with the rest of the Haggard hmm. team but you are not the only haggard veterinarian that is working in new york and florida correct
1: i'm the only one in new york okay yeah and there are two of us in florida and okay. um, dr Cheney and myself uh we both work at a training center called payson park okay. um and yeah we kind of we uh we team up and we try and do our best to work together it's nice to have a partner um and you know hopefully if, if my practice grows in new york i'll be able to you know, hire somebody in and and share you know the workload. But at the moment, it's just myself in New York. Okay. Um, I always have the you know the 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 nice thing about working for Haggard's is that you've always got a specialist at the end of the phone. And you know, there's lots of things that I just don't have the answer to, but I know that I know someone who does know the answer to it, or or has a good chance of knowing the answer to it. So the more experienced and and specialized doctors in the practice are really good at you know picking up the phone or answering an email or looking at x rays or you know helping with helping with the case if if you 're stumped which I regularly am. So, yeah.
0: Right. Well, I think that's great. And it has come up in almost every episode. And I, again, I love that as we really feature the spirit of Haggard, there has been so much talk about the collaboration that you all have. Mm. So not only do you have Dr. Cheney that you work with in Florida, but then, you know, you're quick to say, okay, I am a phone call away from every specialist that, you know, I may that we have, need, yeah, that I may need. Yeah. Yeah yeah it's good i think that's really special so you know with that what is your favorite part about being a part of haggard right so you almost are a remote worker of the haggard team so what's your favorite part about being being a part of that family
1: the answer to my last question probably answers this question is that is that you're part of a network of you know industry leaders and and you know you can borrow their institutional knowledge when you need it that i think that's That's a valuable thing that I can offer my clients. You know, I can say, listen, I don't have this answer, but I can ask, you know, Dr. Nathan Slovis or, you know, Dr. Bob Hunt, people who, who are well, well renowned in in their fields. And that's a nice thing that I'm sure practitioners who don't work on the track and who don't work for Haggards, you know, I'm sure that they, you know, have to refer cases or, or, you know, will still call Dr. Slovis or Dr. Hunt, but they probably don't get an answer as quickly as I do, you know, right. which is uh, a nice benefit for my patients and clients and stuff, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. That's, that's tremendous. So I, I do want to go back and talk about racing specifically. Yeah. Did you grow up a fan of thoroughbred racing?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I was into eventing three day eventing yes. as uh, when I grew up, I, I used to ride a bit and we were obsessed with that, but always ra- racing was always there, you know? Um, both jumps racing and flat racing, but it was always kind of Irish and European racing that I grew up watching and being a fan of. So like turf racing. Yes. And, um, so it, it it was a, quite a, a shock to, you know, see how it's done so differently over here um, and then get used to the, the dirt, you know, as a concept uh, and, you know, how, it how the horses have to be different and, and get different kinds of injuries and stuff like that
0: how did this happen and how did you pursue right, racetrack yeah. you know practice yeah. as a veterinarian yeah. and what are your interests
1: yeah I mean I kind of just fell into it like you know it just I happened to be doing the internship Dr. Cheney happened to need some help he thought I'd be appropriate and I said yes and you know I I kind of I got to love it as opposed to like you know I wasn't like that's exactly what I'm doing you know and I, I you know for a while I wasn't sure if if this was the road that I, you know, I was doing it and I said, you know, I'm doing it because it's a job and, you know, but I've kind of grown to, to really like it and, um, as opposed to targeting it. And, you know, and it's just a, you know, mad uh, series of coincidences, I guess. And, yes. And here That's- we are.
0: That is, I think, the key. I think that's what that's what I was dragging out. Right. Right. Our, our listeners are just like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I yeah, want to it, do. It'll,
1: it, yeah, it'll come to you. It,
0: yes, <laughs> it will come to you. You know, as yeah. you kind of continue pursuing, and and I love the term that you said. It's a series of of mad coincidences. Yeah. Maybe if that's the correct quote.
1: It's something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah like something <laughs> like that. Right. I love that. Yeah. Um And so. We talk about, you know, we've, we've talked about a day in the life. Yeah. So what is the most difficult part of being a racetrack practitioner?
1: I would say currently the lifestyle is difficult to adjust to. Like it, it's, it's a very early start and it's kind of a seven day a week job. I mean, mm-hmm. that may be changing and I hope that that is going to change in the future, but you know, the horses run seven days a week and the, the trainers train them seven days a week. And unfortunately, that means that, you know, you kind of need to be there seven days a week. Now, you know, hopefully if our business grows, we'll be able to structure it in a way that that's not the case. But it's a slightly different lifestyle um, that isn't your nine to five Monday to Friday. But I would, you know, vouch for it in a way, because most of the time, at least in the wintertime, um, we're not racing in Payson Park. Just it's just a training center. So I generally don't work in the afternoon. You know, uh, so come twelve o'clock or one o'clock, barring emergencies, I can go to the beach or do anything it is that I want to do. So there is right. quite a bit of free time, but it's just not allocated in the usual way. And um, yeah. you know, I, I think I've found that difficult to adjust to. And you know, you got to go to bed really early, <laughs> which is kind of right. like you know. Sunday night football probably isn't an option and (laughs) and those kinds of things, you know, you have to sacrifice, you have to make some sacrifices.
0: Yeah. Um, I love that. And I, again, you know, this is all about um, what I call a peek behind the curtain, right. Of really being honest about what this looks like and what the, the benefits are. And there are, there are challenges, whether, you know, whether we decide to be a field care equine veterinarian or a Mm -hmm. surgeon or whatever that looks like, Mm -hmm. that it, it, it's not a nine to five job, right? This is a career and it's a very uh, rewarding career for so many of you Mm -hmm. and you love it. And we want our listeners to know that equine veterinary medicine is an amazing career. And there's so many ways to, to make that fit for You know your overall goals and objectives.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if you asked me the question or not, but maybe, I, maybe you did about what I like about it. I did. I already answered that. Did I? Go for it. Like I just know, so, something yes, just came to my mind.
0: We like we like those moments. <laughs> light so bulb. Moment. I know our listeners can't see us right now, but there was a light bulb that just popped <laughs> right, yeah. out of Dr. Hannigan's head. So we're gonna we're gonna run with it.
1: You know, listeners are mostly young. They'll probably discount this, but don't. I, I would urge you not to discount um a job that keeps you active and is outdoors those are two great benefits of being an uh, equine veterinarian or a racetrack practitioner is that you're not sitting down for eight or nine hours a day because that looks like that's really really bad for you um so you know some of my friends that went into business and work in offices it looked to me like really glamorous you know when i was doing an internship and you know not making any money and yada 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 but you know as as we as i'm getting a little bit older now i'm 32 i really am grateful for being able to do a job that makes me like i have to lift things and like move things and i'm i'm constantly like moving and and you know outside in fresh air under the sun you know that's pretty healthy for you so i think you know if you might have good longevity as an, as an equine veterinarian, you know, I, I think yeah.
0: we haven't really talked about that. You know, um, I, I call it wellness, right. We yeah. can talk about physical wellness and mental wellness. And so, uh, to that point, I love that, you know, we're interjecting that here as specific to being a racetrack practitioner. So yeah. while the hours may be unusual or non-traditional, yeah. mm-hmm. the activity that comes with that, is, it should,
1: it should be, it should pay off in the long run. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's great. I love that. Good light bulb. Let's take a quick break to recognize our Spirit of Haggard podcast sponsor,
2: Biomita. Biomita might be the biggest animal health company you've never heard of until now. Biomita's products have been trusted by veterinarians and owners since the 1960s when our Irish roots began. Biomita is one of the largest producers of dewormers like Equimax, Bimectin, and Exodus. World-renowned equine athletes also rely on polyglycan, a patented formula that replaces lost or damaged synovial fluid in Confidence-X pheromone gel, which reduces and prevents equine stress. Consult your vet and visit BuyMediaUS.com to see where to buy.
0: What might you tell someone who knows nothing about thoroughbred horse racing? So, and I would put this into the question we've got, you know, our audience is is really primarily students. So my question would be our students that are listening, they are interested in equine veterinary medicine, what would you tell that student that knows nothing about thoroughbred horse racing?
1: I mean, it's a sport, it's a game, it's a business, you know, and then it's healthcare, all wrapped up into one and you know, you, you've got to be much more you you've got to think differently than just um you know, what's the diagnosis, what's the treatment, what's the prog- prognosis, you know, there, there's, there's business, there's sports, there's, you know, they, they all kind of mesh into one. And sometimes, you know, one supersedes the other and, and vice versa. And it's very interesting from that okay. po- point of view. I uh,
0: love that. Yeah. yeah. What a great description. So, because there's a lot of interest and and I think that it can, um, I I mentioned earlier, there are many perceptions Mm. about racetrack practice and it can be daunting for a new practitioner or an interested student to look and say, I have some interest in being a racetrack practitioner and they just don't know how to pursue that interest.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is, it, it, uh, it's a, it's a well-founded fear because it's, you know, it's a very niche little industry that, lives within itself and you know has all its own idiosyncrasies and terminology i'm still learning some of the terminology that that american that's used on the american racetrack versus the ireland like you wouldn't believe how much how many things are just called different things and i don't know if there's a good answer to that question but you know none of us are going to you know bite your nose off if you come and and spend a week seeing practice or you know certainly my door is always open, you know, if anyone is interested, um, yes. Good. I, I would say just go for it.
0: Yeah, just go for it. Yeah, there, yeah there's your advice. I yeah. love it. Well, Dr. Hannigan, I, I always love to ask each of our doctors, what is the greatest day in your career, or if there's a standout moment that you really look back and say, listen, I love being an equine veterinary doctor. Yeah um and so if you have a day or a moment that you say this was the greatest day
1: i'll just go straight in and the one that comes to the top of my mind it's probably just recency but two horses that i care for uh won a breeder's cup race a couple of weeks ago there and uh so both on the saturday so it was like a big exciting thing where i kind of felt like part of the whole thing and yeah i was just watching on tv but it was kind of like it kind of it kind of just hit home to me like yeah like you mean I I played almost no part probably no no part in the success of the horses that's down to the horsemen and the horses themselves but you know just to be associated with that kind of felt like validating in a way I guess and so you know yeah that was that's the one that springs to mind I love that
0: well and I think that speaks to the power of you know, this, this beast, if you will, that we call equine veterinary medicine. And that's what we get hooked on, right? This is an industry that, there's just so much passion and so mm. much energy. And so I know that feeling of, you know, watching that race and knowing that horse and yeah, yeah, pulling yeah. up a it's picture. Great, of, isn't it? it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that has to be.
1: Yeah. Just, You're just like, yeah. on, <laughs> yeah.
0: I always will say, you know, that is the magnetic pull of Lexington, Kentucky yeah. is tremendous. And it's that energy that, you, you know, Yeah. Um, Again, many of our listeners, if you've never been to Lexington, come see us. Come visit Haggard because it is it's there. It's an energy that is really special. Yeah. So, well, that's that's tremendous. Dr. Hagen, as as we wrap up. You know, we've spent time talking about your journey Uh and your time here with Haggards and but I want to know if there's anything else that you would share with with our listeners as it relates to, you know, kind of where you are in your journey as an equine veterinarian or racetrack practice specifically.
1: Yeah, I mean I'd tell anyone don't be afraid to try it. Um even if you're not from a background, you know, like I am that, you know that had horses in it, uh, if they're, they're, they're really wonderful creatures to work on. They're, they're proud and they're, you know, they, they're trusting and they're honest for the most part. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're they're a very rewarding animal to work with. One other thing I would say is that it's, it's really nice to work in an industry as a vet where you're dealing with professionals all day, um, you know, on the track, everyone's there because they're professional horsemen and women. And there's a lot to be said for that, you know, not having to like explain what an infection is to a, you know, a a rookie horse owner or, or, you know, I I really, I I like that. I think there's a lot to be said for that.
0: And that's unique. I'm glad you brought that up. That is unique. You know, as we dive a little bit deeper into the different segments of equine veterinary medicine, I think that is an important point to make about racetrack medicine is you are Back to your analogy, you know, it it is a whole team working for that athlete. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, Uh. uh, folks... We are wrapping up another great episode of The Spirit of Haggard, and I am your host, Jody Lynch-Finley, student coach, speaker, and now podcaster. So you can certainly (laughs) find me at www.jodyspeakslife.com, and we look forward to sharing this episode and the many more to come. And if you have not listened to the previous episodes, please look us up at The Spirit of Haggard on your your favorite platform for podcasts. So, wishing everyone an amazing day and with that, we will say cheers. Cheers. To the spirit of haggard. <laughs> cheers. Thank you, Dr. Hannigan.
1: All right.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Spirit of Haggard podcast today, sponsored by Bymeta. I'm your host, Jody Lynch Findlay, speaker and podcaster. You can connect with me at jody